Welcome to the Online Course Masters Show, where you will learn how to create and sell your very own online courses. I'm your host, Phil Ebener, and today I'm with Jeremy Deegan, excited to talk about another great topic, audio recording, audio equipment, audio tools. Last week, we talked about all the editing screen recording tools that we recommend. Now it's onto the microphones and tools you need to get great audio. So as always, visit OnlineCourseMasters.com for show notes to view the video version of this episode and to see an archive of all our past episodes and guests, which we have over 50 amazing guests before from season one of this show. And while you're listening, make sure you hit that subscribe button and take a moment to leave a rating, which helps us to reach an even larger audience and continue to put out this type of content for free. So Jeremy, welcome back to the show. It's been a while since we actually sat down and recorded some episodes together. So how's it going? Good, man. How are you doing? Doing really well. And for people listening, you probably guessed that we batch record and batch process some of our episodes, which is something we recommend for time management, something we're going to get into in a couple episodes in a couple weeks time. Uh, but it's been a, about a month or so since Jeremy, Jeremy and I sat down to record and we wanted to just catch up, talk about any latest projects or things we've been working on. And we actually both went on a little vacation, got away from the desk in the office for a little bit and I uh, wanted to chat about that. So how was, how was your vacation? Yeah, it was really good. I, I went on a cruise and we went down to the Bahamas and uh, it was it was wonderful. Have you ever been on one? Nope, never been on a cruise, never been to the Bahamas or any of the, the islands over there. Yeah, if you, if you ever get a chance, you should uh, definitely give it a try. They're, they're fun. I've been on a handful of them now, so I'm kind of used to them and I just, they're such a blast. And uh, I went on one before with my wife, and she was pregnant at the time, so she didn't get to enjoy the whole experience. Uh, she got to eat all the free food because you pay for all all the food on the ship, so that was fun. Uh, but yeah, we um, we went down this time together with some friends, and no pregnancy, no kids. It was just me and her and some friends, and we got to just get away. and And we went to the Bahamas. We went out uh, dancing. We went to Atlantis, which is a huge hotel, casino, water park area area that's a lot of fun and it was a blast man much needed uh relaxation and now i'm pumped up and reinvigorated to get some more work done nice well that sounds awesome yeah i've never been on a cruise myself i can't imagine going on a cruise with my pregnant wife though i feel like that would (laughs) not be fun for her and in turn not be so fun for me either but it sounds like the perfect getaway in a few years after we have our kids and we're ready for a much needed vacation Uh, that's awesome yeah i went to uh i took a little week-long vacation kind of our last they call it I didn't even know this term until Isabel got pregnant, but a baby moon, it's, I guess, a trend now where you go <laughs> on a little vacation before you have your babies. And uh, so we just went up pretty close to where we live, up to central California and San Luis Obispo area, Pismo Beach, Solvang. Solvang's like a little uh, Dutch town, Dutch-Danish, Danish town um, that was built in the early 1900s, but it feels like you're in the middle of Europe and it's really awesome. So just relaxed, ate some good food and tried not to work too much. Uh, well, I didn't really work at all, although I did have my new drone that I got. DJI oh, yeah. actually sent me a drone to test out and to make some videos on. So I was playing around with that up there. So that was fun. Uh, but uh, yeah, definitely a much needed vacation. And I did that right before the launch of the photography masterclass, which just happened a week ago from the time we recorded this. And uh, it was just a good break 
to get ready for the launch of that course, being mm-hmm. done editing it and just getting pumped up for that that launch, which did really well. So much needed vacation and probably the last one for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Have you traveled? Did you ever like when was the first time you like traveled with your kids when they were born like even if it was just like driving like to visit family members for like a few hours or something like that um i'm trying to think because we uh we're we're about two hours away from orlando so we've been to like disney and stuff Mm -hmm. but i i do want to say that we went to my family's from like west virginia area Mm -hmm. and so we went on a trip with them that's like i don't know 12 14 15 hours uh, and that was like a long trip, like to have kids in the car and they were much younger than they are now. So the older they get, you know, it's a little more easier. Um, mm-hmm. we got them like an iPad. So now they can sit back there and like watch a show or play a game or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, those, I remember those, those long travels can be, can be tough. <laughs> man, it's so different nowadays. I met, I remember when I was a kid, my mom, my mom was so sweet and she would, we'd go on these like road trip vacations And she would like pack like little like toy box surprises for us. Mm -hmm. And we'd, I'd get like a Batman action figure and I would just like sit there and play in the back of the car with that action figure for like three hours. (laughs) And I, and I was, I probably got bored pretty quickly, but now it's like, yeah, you just got your iPad and it's like, okay, watch this. But I don't know. That's like a whole, that's a whole nother podcast right there talking about parenting and (laughs) how to parent your kids the right way or is there a right way and it's like i don't <laughs> well, want my kids what. to be addicted to the ipad but at the same time like i talk to parents who are like yeah you say that but then like when they're like complaining about stuff and you want to talk <laughs> to like your friend for two minutes it's like here you go do whatever you want <laughs> yeah we'll have to have that conversation because we've learned some uh some good things about it and some mistakes that we made along the way. So we yeah. found now that if we give a time limit and we say and we set an alarm that they mm. can see and say, you have, you know, 30 minutes, you have an hour you need to get off and they can visually see that. I think they need the stability. It helps uh, set them up to get off of it. If we just let them sit on it like all day and then we want to like tell them to get off. It's like World War Three in this house. <laughs> so, but no, it's awesome, man. Yeah, we'll have to. When we get to time management, we'll talk about some parenting things that go along with that because that was something, uh, you know, creating courses was it when I started, uh, I had babies and mm-hmm. it was definitely really tricky to try to find that time. And even today, still trying to find that balance of mm-hmm. raising the kids, being there for them, uh, taking time away to work on your own business and and knowing the differences of family time and work time and making sure that the family knows that I mm-hmm. think is important. So yeah, when we, uh, when we get a time management, let's talk about that. But today we are talking about audio equipment. So, uh, this is a, I feel like this is a pretty big one because I yeah. feel like audio is probably one of the more important things uh, when creating a course. And we've talked about this in a recent episode that if you're going to spend any money at all at the beginning, investing in a good microphone is probably the, the way to go, wouldn't you say? Yeah, totally. And a lot of people are going to be creating their first classes with slideshows. They're not going to even be on camera and you're going to need audio. Uh, I don't, on Udemy, I don't think it's allowed. And most of these platforms, it won't be allowed. And it won't convert well if you're just creating a class with slides or books or PDFs or anything. You need audio. And so it is really that first tool. And I think there's a lot of misconceptions about or just it's confusing to know what type of microphone to get, what 
there's two options or two there's condenser versus dynamic and mm-hmm. it can get pretty technical but we're going to try to lay it out in this episode so you understand what you're getting into and then we're going to recommend different types of microphones based off of what type of video or what type of course you're right. ultimately going to be creating and also giving you some tips on how to record good audio um, and what tools we recommend for processing or editing that audio to make it sound even better after you've recorded it. So let's lay out what a condenser and a dynamic microphone is. These are kind of the two different types. And when we talk about types, it's the way that the microphone works and records, not necessarily a lapel microphone that clips on your, your shirt versus a studio mic that you see me sitting and talking at right now. So you're the audio expert, so break this down <laughs> for someone who's a complete beginner. <laughs> so, you know, this is important to understand. It's one of those things where if you understand your tools uh, better, you're, it's going to make your job a little easier. Um, a lot of people will go out and they'll post in the group, hey, what's a good microphone? And then people list like all their favorite microphones. But what they don't understand is that those microphones are used for different purposes. And once you understand how a microphone works and the different types and in the situation, you're going to have better audio because you'll be using the right microphone for the right job. So the two buckets that microphones generally fall into is a condenser and a dynamic microphone. So the dynamic one is, is probably the one that you're pretty used to. It uses a magnet to use the sound waves. Now, I, I know audio pretty well, but I don't know all the scientific you know things that go into it. But it uses a magnet, and it helps with those sound waves whenever you're talking into it. Now, these microphones are a little less sensitive, and you need to have direct input into the microphone. You need to be talking a little closer to it because it has less sensitivity. Not that it's quieter or louder. It's just less sensitive. Mm -hmm. Um, They generally don't need to be powered. So you just hook this up to a microphone cable and plug it in your mixer, and you're good to go. And they're usually made, uh, they have like a simple construction, so they're a little more rugged. Uh, dynamic microphones are very popular and sing- for singers like in bands. Mm-hmm. And if you've ever seen anyone play, uh, you know, Doors or Green Day and they're throwing the microphones around and hitting them and doing all this stuff or, uh, you know, the microphone drop, that's usually with a dynamic. If, if you dropped a condenser like that, you'd probably break it. <laughs> so uh, that's what I'm using. I believe you can see it a little bit on the camera here. I'm using a dynamic microphone. Now, with this microphone, I have it real close to my mouth because because of the less sensitivity, I need to talk directly into it. Now, the other type is a condenser microphone. These actually use an electric charge to, cr- to help create the sound waves. So they need to be powered. Uh, m- more often than not, they have to have some kind of power going to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're using um, like a USB or you're using a mixer, you might have to send power to it. Uh, they are less rugged because they are a little more technical. They're not so basic as a dynamic microphone. So you got to be a little more careful with them. You got to be a little more careful with like where you're using them as far as temperature goes. If you're outside and it's real hot, that could actually cause audio problems. Um, so you're using a, is that a condenser microphone? This is a dynamic. I'm pretty That's sure. Dynamic yeah. Also? yeah. And so. So these are the ones that you usually see that have the real big diaphragm. And uh, if you've ever seen a group of people singing around a microphone, like a barbershop quartet or something of that nature, that's usually a condenser microphone. It's so sensitive 
that it can pick up a lot of extra noise. My so uh, my Rode NTG3 shotgun microphone, which we'll talk again, we'll talk about more of the different types later, but that's a condenser microphone. It, it definitely needs to be powered. And I know that if I drop it, it's going to break. <laughs> so that explains the two. Um, and then we talk about the microphone patterns. So yeah, this these is are really the- important because people often I've seen people get the wrong microphone with the wrong pattern or set to the wrong pattern. And they're like, why is my sound like so bad? I'm hearing all Mm -hmm. the entire room or so much background noise. And so, yeah, explain microphone patterns. So the the microphone pattern, uh, we we talked about the two types of microphone. The pattern is actually the way that the uh, sound is coming into the microphone. So there's, there's, three major ones. The first is called omnidirectional. Omni means 360 degrees. So with this microphone, basically you can capture sound from all sides. Now keep in mind that there are some microphones where you can change the pattern on them and uh, you can actually change the degrees that it captures that sound. So if you imagine an omni microphone, it's it's getting sound from all the directions. Mm-hmm. Then we have what's uh, called a cardioid. I can't ever say that right. I think I said cardioid. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is more directional. So basically it's going to have a smaller degree. It's not going to be 360. It'll be between 100 to 150 and it also gets some lead from the back of the microphone so it's capturing the front and a little bit of the back and they have different levels of cardioid they have sub regular super and hyper and that's just the degree that it's capturing so something with a different cardioid might be more narrow and focused and then you could get a a wider cardioid that will capture more sound Um, when you're purchasing a microphone at the beginning you just want to know the difference between the three so that you you don't get an omnidirectional microphone when you want a cardioid because you want to be more directional. So, But don't get too hung up on this because it's not as important, but it's good to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, the last one's called a bidirectional microphone, and this is the shortest degree. It's 90 degrees, and it actually ca- captures the front and the back of the microphone. Um, so th- those are the three microphone patterns. Those are the way that's capturing the sound. And we talked about the two types of microphone, whether it's a dynamic or a condenser. So let's talk about some of the selection and types. And if you want to kind of go through what some of the different types of microphones are. And again, these microphones will be a combination of whether it's dynamic and condenser and its pattern mm-hmm. kind of tells you what kind of microphone and, and the way it's made. So what are uh, some of those types that you know of? And if there's any types or categories that I miss, um, maybe add those in. But first, I think there's the what, what I'll call a studio microphone. I would consider like the mics that we're using right now, studio microphones, um, USB microphones that are popular like the blue snowball and the blue yeti i would consider in that category technically or typically this is like the microphone you might have um or you might see radio hosts using in a studio or a voiceover artist using in a studio you also have a shotgun microphone and i wish i actually had the, the i have it over in my garage i should grab it for the video but these are those long sort of cylindrical tubes that you'll see either on top of a camera 
um, like a professional video camera, or you'll see the boom operator on a film set holding, um, and it will be at the end of the boom. And these are very directional in, in that sense of the pattern is very focused and narrow. Um, and then you also have the lavalier or the lapel microphone. This is the little microphone that you clip on to your shirt or underneath your shirt to your clothing. And these, um, with all of these different microphone types, they can be wired, they can be wireless, they can be, some are battery powered, some are powered by just being plugged in. Uh, so you have the lavalier. You also have a headset that has a microphone and that's something that some trainers use. Um, and some people use sort of like the headset microphone that's not necessarily built into uh, um, headphones, but I've seen some trainers and online course creators that use the little headset piece that just wraps around your ear with a microphone while they're teaching, and that plugs into the the camera or to an audio recorder. And and then I guess the last type or one thing to consider in terms of types is how does it plug in and what's the output or the plug that it uses. You've got some that use USB, which are great for plugging directly into the computer. Often professional microphones use an XLR input, and so that's going to be plugged. You can get it into the computer, but you're going to need some sort of device that converts that signal from XLR to digital into your computer. Um, Some might use like a mini jack, which is, or the micro, what is it, 3.5 millimeter jack, which is like that small, basically like a headphone jack um, that you might be able to use a microphone that plugs into your cell phone. There's wireless ones or wired lavalier microphones that you can plug directly into your cell phone or to a camera like a DSLR camera or a mirrorless camera. Uh, Those often don't have XLR inputs, um, but they'll have uh, mini jack input. Mm -hmm. Are there any other categories or things I'm missing in terms of selection and types no i'm not off the top of my head but let's take a minute to talk about why we would use these different types of microphones Mm -hmm. because this is where i think people can get hung up or make a, a mistake when choosing a microphone so when you're using a studio microphone i would say those are going to be really good when you're doing any type of screen casting so for instance i have a studio dynamic microphone it's the atr 2100 it's usb so i don't have to worry about a mixer it's going straight to my computer and this is really good when i'm sitting at the computer because i can sit here i can screencast i'm doing like this uh this video we're doing right now for the podcast i can talk directly into it now If you see on the video, if you're watching this, you can see the microphone is actually in the video because I have to get it close to my mouth. Mm -hmm. So that's a consideration that you need to take. If you're going to be filming yourself, maybe you don't want the microphone in the picture. So maybe a studio or dynamic or condenser microphone might not be the best thing. If I am doing something where, say, I'm baking and I have a studio microphone, I don't want that in the shot of me baking. And so I'm going to have to put that microphone further away. And in doing so, I can cause problems. Now, if I'm using a dynamic, I'm going to lose the sound quality because I need to be close to the microphone. If I'm using a condenser, it's going to pick up more of the ambient noises around. So if you're in a kitchen and it's reflecting around a lot, you're going to pick that up more because you're using a studio condenser or if you have your AC on or the refrigerator or what have you. So 
you got to be you got to be careful what types of microphones you're selecting. So in that situation, say I'm I'm doing a baking course, I might use a shotgun microphone because a shotgun, as Phil says, is very narrow. It has a very narrow degree, and those are the ones that you they use on uh, camera and films. You'll see the guy holding the stick. That's called a boom stick, and it'll have a shotgun microphone. And what they're doing is they're holding that microphone out of sight but they're pointing it at the mouth of the person talking so it's out of the shot of the camera but because it has such a narrow focus it's able to pick up just that person talking it's not picking up all the extra sounds that are going around it so you might use a shotgun microphone now if you're by yourself it might be hard to set up a shotgun microphone Um, like phil said you can get shotgun microphones for your camera so if you're out filming or you're filming someone else you could use one on your camera another microphone that we talked about is a lavalier. Those are the clip microphones. Um, those are great when you need to use your hands. Again, this would be good for like baking or DIY woodworking, anything where you're using your hands and you don't want to be confined to the microphone, like a, uh, studio dynamic. You get a clip microphone. And as he said, this can be wireless. It can be wired. Uh, I have the Rode smart Live, excuse me, which is a microphone that hooks up to my iPhone. So I plug it into my iPhone, I stick it in my pocket, I run the cord up my shirt, and then I clip on the microphone onto my lapel on my shirt, and now I'm hands-free. I can record the audio, but I can move my hands wherever I want, and it's not gonna pick up a lot of extra disturbance. And then again, the headset. These can be wired or wireless. They can be professional headsets. Some of them, if you've ever seen someone talk before professionally, it'll almost look uh, clear or skin colored and it'll come along the side of the mouth real small so you can just barely see it. Uh, That might be okay for you. You might not want that in the shot. I've seen some people use like actual gaming headsets. I don't really recommend those because the audio is usually not as good, even though they're, I think they're getting a lot better with all the gamers now. Um, but you could use like an actual like headset, like a gaming headset. Um, so I think it's important to know those different types. You need to make the selection around what you're doing. So if yeah. you're doing screencasts, maybe a studio microphone. If you're doing a DIY, maybe like a lavalier. Definitely. And I, I completely think that's a that was kind of a great rundown of when to use the different types of microphones. Just a couple of things to keep in mind um, that I've seen through my process. Uh, lavalier microphones are are great for if you are moving around as well compared to this shotgun microphone. Um, if you're shooting talking head videos where either you're walking around, if you're a dog trainer and you're moving around and you need the microphone to follow you and you don't have a boom operator who's going to be following you with a shotgun microphone, a lavalier is definitely going to be your best option. Um, And there's also this kind of like style preference. Do you want the microphone to be in the shot or not? If you don't, there's ways to hide the lavalier microphone under a collar or in the middle of your shirt. If you're wearing a a button up shirt or under a tie if you the more you hide it though, the lower the quality is going to be. Perhaps mm-hmm. you're going to get some clothes rustling against the microphone if you're moving too much. Be wary of wearing a lot of jewelry that might rustle or clink when you're moving around and you're wearing a lavalier microphone. 
Um, and so in that sense, you might, to get the best audio, you might want to just clip it onto the outside of your clothes, but then you have to be okay with that being in the shot. And I think mm. people nowadays are pretty used to seeing microphones right. um, in the shot, so I don't think that's necessarily a really bad thing. But if you're really picky and you don't want that microphone to be in the shot, but you're still wanting to do the talking head videos, a uh, shotgun microphone is a great option mm-hmm. uh, because you can put it out of the frame. But like Jeremy said, if you're moving, or we said, if you're moving around, even if you're just turning your your face to the left or right a little bit, um, if that shotgun microphone isn't moving with you, the quality mm. of the audio is going to be dramatically different. I mean, even with this studio microphone, you can probably hear me if I turn around and talk to this direction. It's going to sound a lot different. And I'm just, I'm still a few feet away or a few inches away from the microphone. It's just I'm not talking directly into it. And so that goes for both studio and shotgun microphones. Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of, or you have a question? I was going to talk about pricing and options. Yeah, let let me add in one quick one. One one microphone that I would stay away from would be your internal microphone of your computer. I just wanted to add that in. Um, It kind of depends like where you're posting it, who your audience is. You might be able to get away with it, but generally the the built-in microphone of a laptop is usually not going to be as good of a quality as these other microphones we're talking about and mostly it's because of the way that it's built these microphones that we have have a large diaphragm they have a large magnet uh, they're built to take in the audio and the ones that are on your your laptop aren't built that way typically you're further away from it and they just sound a little more you know just not as good so if you can uh, invest into any type of equipment, I would say at least get you uh, a good, you know, microphone. The one that I'm using, I, I haven't priced it lately. It's somewhere between fifty and eighty dollars. It's really reasonable for the the quality that that you get from this microphone. Earbuds, like you use on your iPhone, those might be okay. I've I've heard some that I don't think it's too terrible. But the minute that you can invest into a microphone, I would recommend that. Yeah, and actually, before we go into more specific recommendations, which I want to get into, and I think the ATR2100 you have is probably the best bang for your buck right now in terms of quality for like a podcasting or voiceover kind of microphone. Let's also talk about how these different microphones might work when connecting to your camera or to your device, however you're recording, because some of these don't plug directly into your computer and you might need another tool to actually get it into the computer. So um, if you're using a USB microphone, then that's going to plug directly into your computer, but it's not going to plug directly into your camera. And so you're only going to be able to use that if you're recording straight to your computer. Um, There's also, as we mentioned, XLR is probably the most popular option. And whether it's an XLR or any other sort of output to, except for USB, you're going to need a mixer or or something to record it or to plug it directly into the camera. Uh, but for, for years, I was using my DSLR cameras, a Canon 7D and a Canon 70D, and those don't have XLR inputs. So I was actually using an external recording device there's many out there but the ones that i used before are the zoom h4n and the zoom h6n it's -hmm. a little mixer and recorder all in one and it has xlr inputs it's actually what i'm using right now to connect this heil pr40 microphone 
through the XLR cable, and then I can plug the Zoom into the computer through USB. So it turns this microphone basically into a USB microphone. Um, so I could record directly to the computer or I could record directly to this device. Um, there's other devices that allow you to record. Another cheap option uh, is made by Tascam, T-A-S-C-A-M. And so those are kind of mixers and recording devices built in. But then there's also mixers. And so do you want to talk about what is a mixer and uh, the different types of mixers? Yeah, definitely. So uh, just real quick, I pulled out my microphone. I have an extra one of the ATR 2100s because I love them so much. So <laughs> I just wanted to show on this microphone, uh, it actually comes with both. So nice. if I get close here, you can see that it's got the XLR, which is those three pins, and then it's got a USB connection. So with this microphone, you can go either way. Some microphones might be USB only. Some microphones might be XLR only. And uh, this one actually has both of them. So right now I'm going USB. But then what I can do is I can also go into a audio device. I'm trying to get this microphone not to roll and clunk around. So I can go into an audio device. Um, so this is just an Alessa IO2, I believe is what it's called. Hold it to and your I, right a little bit. So I can, yep, right there. there is you that go. better? Yep. Okay. So um, this has two XLR inputs in it. So I could actually mic up two people if I was doing two wireless lavaliers. I could have those in here. I can do quarter inch if I was, say, uh, talking and say I'm teaching guitar and I wanted to plug in a quarter inch. I could plug in my guitar and do something like that. And then what this does is it outputs to USB to the, to the computer. So let me get that a little closer here for you. Mm -hmm. So that way's I can plug in an XLR or quarter inch, and then I can hook this up to my computer. Now, I would say not all the time. Generally, you're going to have better sound quality going through an audio device or a mixer versus direct USB. And I, I've tested this with mine. It's not a huge difference, probably not even enough for you to worry about. But I do want to throw that out there that you will get a little better audio. This has a little bit of controls on it. It has like a basic gain control so I can gain it up and down. But that's about it for the audio device. Now, if you get a mixer, a mixer is usually going to give you multiple channels. So you could have four inputs or eight or 16, depending on the size of the mixer and how much you're doing. Um, generally for courses, I would say once you get past four, we typically don't use, you know, past four. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe if you were like, say, teaching drums and you wanted to mic up all your drums and have those in their own tracks and you talking, you might use more <laughs> than four. Generally, you're not going to use more more than four. So that's the 0.01% of people listening to this <laughs> that need that eight-track mixer. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, the mixer is going to give you more control. So typically, you'll see a bunch of knobs on a mixer, and it's going to allow you to individually control your highs, your mids, and your lows. So like me, if I have a little higher-pitched voice, I might want to you know, turn down my highs a little bit so they're not clipping or you know someone who's got a real bassy voice or you want to bring up the bass, you could do that on a mixer. Uh, some mixers will give you extra effects, so you'll have like a compression gate or delays or echoes and those kinds of things. Um, I would say don't start out with a mixer unless you know you're going to need one. It's just an investment you don't need to incur. Uh, if anything, if you just want to have extra inputs, maybe start off with something like this that'll just give you the extra inputs you need. 
And, um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for that. Other than like you said, the camera. Cool. And just a real world scenario where I was actually using more than two track or more than one and more than two tracks. I was using uh, three inputs recently on my photography masterclass when we were doing a lesson that was like a round table discussion with the three instructors and we had mics hooked up or pointed at each of us. I mean, I was using all my microphones. I had a shotgun, I had a couple lavaliers and that was nice to have each of us mic'd properly. So we each had good audio quality and it was all synced up and recorded um, at one time and I got those files and it was easy to edit. And that actually brings me to my last kind of just maybe repetition, but also just just clarification that if you are recording talking head video and you're using a microphone, it's if it's not being plugged into your camera and you're recording separately on an audio recording device, or I've done it before where I've recorded with my camera and then recorded audio through my computer um, when I couldn't plug my cam- my mic into my camera, you're going to have to sync that audio and video up in post-production. And that takes a little bit of extra time. And so recently I invested in a better video camera And we're going to be talking more about video camera and equipment in the next lesson. So we'll dive a little bit deeper into this stuff um, in the next episode next week. Uh, But I got a camera that now has XLR inputs, which Mm -hmm. saves me so much time in the processing of everything. It records the audio directly um, into the camera, which is it should do, which I should do. And it's a much faster process. So that's just one thing to consider, too is that it's great to be able to record directly into your camera if you are doing talking head uh, video or yeah videos. Um, in terms of, I think that let's go, if there's, before we talk about software and best practices for getting good audio, let's just go over and recap some of our favorite types of microphones and specifics. Um, I've got a list that people can actually see on my site, videoschoolonline.com on the resources page um, if you're if you want to follow along Um, but i'll quickly go through the ones that i recommend and then jeremy if you have any to add feel free to do it so in terms of um, microphones for shotgun microphones two brands that come to mind are rode r-o-d-e and sennheiser I'll let you guess how you spell that but (laughs) sennheiser (laughs) Um, it's kind of like how it sounds and the microphones <laughs> that I use um, are is the Rode NTG3. They also have an NTG2 option, which is um, much more affordable, and the quality is still really, really good. And those are shotgun microphones. In terms what of do, what do they go up to? Does it? I know they have a four. Does it go higher than four? I think they do have a four. I don't know if they have a five. I think it. Okay. I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. So four would be like pro level Hollywood quality. Yeah. quality. Even the Rode NTG3 is great for. Um, yeah, they're great. Any mics. sort of professional work too. Um, in terms of uh, lavalier microphones, both those companies also make great mics. The one wireless, the wireless set that I've used a lot is the Sennheiser G3 kit. Um, so that's a wireless kit. Um, in terms of a studio microphone, I highly recommend this one that I'm using. If you have the budget, it's the Heil PR40. Um, mm. But the ATR2100 is a great 
other option that's USB, which is also even better. And I, I didn't even know it was USB and XLR, which makes it mm-hmm. even cooler. Um, I use the Blue Snowball and I've used the Blue Yeti in the past, which are great, but I don't think either of those are XLR options. And for the price, no, I, think so. I think the ATR2100 is is a great option. Um, in terms of... Uh, you mentioned the Smart Lav, the Rode Smart Lav. That's mm-hmm. great if you're recording with your smartphone or a mobile device, and that's that's wireless, right? Um, well, the Rode Smart Lav will go right into your iPhone, so okay, it's not it wireless per se. But it's great because you can just have your phone in your pocket, and then, like I said, run the cord through your shirt, and you know you don't see anything other than the mic on your clip. I do want to add that the lavaliers are typically not going to have as much, I don't know how to say the sound quality or frequencies as mm-hmm. like say a studio microphone. Yeah. Um, so we use at our, uh, the audio video work that I do, uh, shore kits and they're wireless kits. And the kit comes with one wireless handheld dynamic microphone and one wireless, uh, lavalier and testing those two, the handheld dynamic always sounds better, and it's because of the way that it's built. It's got the big diaphragm, the big magnet. The lavalier is a smaller diaphragm, smaller microphone. So you're going to want to use a lavalier when you need your hands. But if you ever get into a situation where you're, you can choose either one, always go with more of a uh, studio or shotgun-type microphone. You're going to get a little better quality. I just wanted to add that in there. Yeah. Um, the, the Rode Smart Lav is a great microphone. I haven't used it a whole lot because typically I do screencasts, and this microphone is the first microphone and only microphone that I bought for my my uh, online courses. Mm-hmm. Um, the only time I run into a problem is when I want to do a talking head video from far away, and I don't want the microphone in the shot. I have to gain it up a little bit, and then I got to fix the audio in post production. Um, but this microphone is probably the best investment I've ever made for online courses. Yeah, and you mentioned Sure S H U R E. That's another Correct. great ba- brand for microphones. If you go on Amazon and you're searching for Lavalier or any of these microphones, you're going to find a ton of cheap options. And mm-hmm. I haven't tested a lot of these brands, but I can tell you that most of them. They might sound they well. They will sound better than recording directly from your computer's microphone or from your onboard camera's microphone or internal camera's microphone. So you might get by with them, but if you are serious about it, I would definitely recommend those three brands: Sure, Sennheiser, and Rode for any of these types of microphones. Um, And they even have USB lavalier microphones. I've never tested any of them out. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if any of those brands actually make them, but I just typed in USB lavalier microphone on Amazon and I saw a bunch of them. Um, And the only thing I'll mention in terms of the equipment I recommend is I mentioned the Zoom H4n and the Zoom H6n, which are great recording devices. If you're shooting with something like a DSLR camera, or even if you're shooting with a smartphone, but you need to record high quality audio from a microphone, those are great. There's also, if you're recording directly into your computer, another great cheap mixer option is the Behringer Zenix Mm Q802 USB, X-E-N-Y-X, Behringer. It's 80 bucks, and um, it's got all those tools like uh, adjusting your mids and your highs and um, your EQ and all that. Um, and it can, it has multiple tracks too. So that's a great USB mixer. 
Any other equipment that you recommend or specific brands or tools? Well, uh, I wanted to throw in, I have not used it, but I've seen a lot of people recommend uh, the audio device. I have the Alessis IO2 that I showed on the recording. A lot of people recommend this Focusrite Scarlet. Uh, it's pretty much the same thing. It's just a two XLR audio interface. So uh, check that out. I don't have a link for it, but I know that that one's been pretty popular. Um, and then uh, I had something else to say, but I forget what it was. So It'll if, we, if <laughs> we missed anything, Phil and I know a lot about audio because we have backgrounds in it. But even we forget things or, or don't know some of the best uh, you know uh, products out there. If you have any recommendations, pop over into the Facebook group and let us know. Mm -hmm. uh, you can go to OnlineCourseMasters.com and there's a community button at the top. And if you click on that, it'll take you to the Facebook group. Or if you're already in Facebook, just go ahead and type in Online Course Masters and uh, go ahead and pop in that group and just let us know anything that we're forgetting or recommendations you have for types of equipment because uh, that's helpful. And that's what we want to do is get everyone um, good equipment at a cheap price. <laughs> yeah, totally. And this is, I mean, since we have been pitching the Facebook group and this community through this podcast season, I've seen a lot of people joining, which is awesome. We're almost at 2000 members as I speak. And nice. we're trying to post there's lots of people that are helpful. Uh, just recently, for example, I did a sort of behind the scenes look at the launch of my photography masterclass where I showed you how we got over a 1000 sales in the first week, breaking down what sort of channels and and marketing promotions that I did. So there's content like that that you'll only get in the Facebook group and it's mm -hmm. completely free to join. So good job, Jeremy, for promoting that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we promoting get that free in. resource for people. Yeah, yeah I want to get, I want, I'm going to get more active in there. I've got some ideas that I want to do. So you'll start seeing me uh, post a lot more in there too. So let's move on to software um, get, and kind of start wrapping this up a little bit with software and how to get good audio. Um, software is somewhat important, uh, especially if you have a lot of problems with the audio that you need to clean up. But in the beginning, I just want you to know right away, I did not have any type of audio software. So I started off very basic. I bought a microphone and I bought a $15 uh, screencast software called Screencast-O-Matic. And Screencast-O-Matic records the video and the audio. It lets you do a little bit of audio adjustment. And so you don't have to go out and buy the most expensive software right away. You can start off kind of cheap like I do and then build up from there. Now, at the time, I have an Adobe CC subscription. So I get, you know, Premiere and Audition and also Photoshop and all those other programs. Um, so typically, when I clean up audio, I use Adobe Audition. And it's usually pretty basic. You know, if you get a good microphone, the less work you're going to have to do mm -hmm. in post. Um, and then Premiere will let you do some audio adjustments inside of that software. What is uh, what do you use and what is some other software you can recommend? Well, most of anybody's any video editor you're using will have some sort of audio effect to make it sound louder. A lot of them have some sort of background, sort of noise, automatic noise removal. A lot of them will have some equalization, meaning you can adjust the high frequencies, the low frequencies, and you can boost or decrease those. And while we can't kind of 
teach you an entire audio editing and engineering course in this episode, um, that's one of the first things that I would look at is EQ and dropping down those very low frequencies and very high frequencies just to get rid of them just because people's natural, and it depends on who's speaking, but most of our natural speaking voices don't have frequencies below 100 hertz, is it? Hertz? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so just getting rid of all of those frequencies is fine because you might get some rumbles in the background or that might be that air conditioning noise or th- something like that, the wind going in the background. Um, the, we have classes on, well, both of us have classes on using these tool, tools mm-hmm. from GarageBand to Premiere Pro to Adobe Audition to learn all these techniques. But I guess my point is that most of your video editors will have enough audio editing capabilities to not have to do much elsewhere. Um, mm-hmm. There are a couple of cool free tools that we found and we've used. One is Audacity, which is a free program that you download. And this is an open source sof- software that has some of the best background noise removal um, equipment or effects out there and i have a Mm. tutorial i believe on the video school online youtube channel on how to remove background noise with audacity and it's completely free you just throw in your audio or throw in your video and it you basically can say hey here's the background noise remove it and uh, it's pretty easy to use Um, You mentioned Adobe Audition, which is great if you're using Adobe Premiere Pro to edit. You can go back and forth between Audition and Premiere if you want to do a little bit of hardcore editing um, or or recording directly into your computer. You can use Audition to do that. That being said, Premiere Pro has become more and more sort of an all-in-one program, both for video editing, motion graphics, and effects. They've taken a lot of what you can do in After Effects and put it into Premiere Pro and Mm -hmm all pretty much all the effects you can do in audacity are in premiere pro now it's just the interface isn't as easy to work with uh you mentioned uh aphonic it's a yep. free online tool that one what, what's that one all about so aphonic is a website if you go to aphonic.com that is spelled a-u-p-h-o-n-i-c They give you two free hours, and then you pay for any additional hours of audio that you need, and they have different levels, nine hours, 21 hours, 100 hours, and so on, and uh, and that's on a per-month basis. And what it allows you to do is it allows you to drop in your audio into this website, and it automatically processes it. So it does a lot of the normal things that you would find uh, in this software like Audition or Pro Tools or or GarageBand. So it has automatic levelers. It has loudness normalization. So it makes sure that everything is at equal equal loudness throughout Mm -hmm. your tracks. It has noise and hiss reduction. It has hum reduction. So it's just an easy way. A lot of people use this and have recommended it. I've used it actually a couple of times myself. It's just so easy to use. You take your audio file, you drop it in, you hit a couple check boxes, it processes it and spits out the file for you. Um, like an audition, it has all these things in it, but on a much deeper level. 
So you kind of got to learn audition to figure out how to use audition, yeah. uh, which I've done through trial and error. Uh, believe me. <laughs> um, but Auphonic makes it easy because it kind of handles a lot of that for you. You're not going to have as much control, but it produces such a good sound. I would check it out. You get two free hours. So definitely uh, pop in there and give that a go first. You might not need anything else in that. I know a lot of podcasters who solely use Auphonic only. They don't mm-hmm. even edit their own audio. They just drop it on an Alphonic and, and it uses that. Um, another one that we didn't talk about too is GarageBand. Mm-hmm. Uh, GarageBand is either free on your Mac or it's like five bucks. It has all of these in it also. You have to do a little bit of digging into the effects and settings and different things, but you can adjust your audio in GarageBand and some people love GarageBand and it's easy. It's really easy to use. It doesn't have all the bells and whistles as like Audition, but that might be great for some people because you don't have to think think so much about all the different settings that a bigger program like Audition or Pro Tools or or even Audacity would give you. Yeah. So those are great tools that we can use to improve our audio after the fact, after we've recorded it. But ideally, you're recording audio that sounds amazing while you're recording. And once it gets Mm -hmm. into the computer, you don't need to do much other than maybe level it a little bit. And so... As we wrap up this episode, let's just talk about some best practices and tips for recording the best audio possible in maybe different situations. I will say, I'll do a little promo myself. Uh, I don't know if, Jeremy, you have a class or anything that covers this kind of content, but I do have the Video Production Bootcamp, which is a great course for online instructors wanting to do more video or better video for their class. And we go over a lot of these different types of microphones and how to place them properly, where you place them, how to get better audio, how to remove background noise and things like that while you're recording. Um, But there's a few things that we can do to reduce the background noise and get the best audio quality. Uh, what's, What's one of them that comes to mind for you? Um, I could name like a hundred of these. <laughs> so some of the best practice, the first one is going to be talking directly into the mic. As uh, Phil demonstrated earlier, if you turn your head even just a little bit, you lose a lot of that sound quality, which I just did. You might have heard that on the podcast. Um, so you want to make sure that you're talking directly into the microphone. If you're using a condenser, it's going to pick up more. So it's going to be more sensitive to the noise, which will be okay. If you're talking in, into a dynamic microphone, you really got to talk directly into it. And the closer you get, the better sound quality. Now, you don't want to you know, have the microphone in your mouth, but... Even if your lips are barely touching the microphone or barely touching the windscreen, uh, it's going to produce the best audio. And the the better audio you can get on the front end, the easier time you're going to have on the back end and in post-production. So if you're standing a foot or two feet away from your microphone, you have to gain up the microphone, which is increases the sensitivity and it lets more ambient noise in, which could be hums or rumbles or air conditioners. So if you can get close to the microphone, then you can gain it down and you're not picking up so much of that outside interference. So I would say the first thing is try to get as close to the microphone as possible. Um, You got one? Yeah. So I think one of the biggest things is just trying to reduce or remove any background noise as much as possible. Um, It's as simple as doing things like closing the window, closing the door. Um, Those are like a couple things. Turning off your air conditioner, 
turning if you have to film in the kitchen, which I had to do a couple times in courses, you know, even unplugging a refrigerator that's noisy might be necessary. Doing anything you can to reduce those sort of background noises. And also one of the biggest issues that people have is getting a lot of echo and reverb from whatever recording environment you're in. And usually that has to do with your audio bouncing off hard surfaces. And to reduce that, you just have to kind of add stuff to the room, add soft material things like couches or chairs, or literally just putting blankets around, adding a carpet. I'm I'm in my studio garage right now, and I still have a lot of echo. It's not something I've professionally kind of figured out yet, but compared to what it was before, where it was just a blank concrete floor with four <laughs> hard walls, oh, no. I've added you know some carpet or some rugs i've added a couch and even like uh curtains on the windows these things help reduce that audio um putting pillows i've seen people and recommend people like putting pillows around your microphone if you're like just recording uh voiceover and you're just recording your screen for example and you're not on camera you can literally put pillows right around your microphone so there's none of that echo or even building a little sort of soundproof box with Mm -hmm. some soundproofing foam around your microphone your usb or your studio mic that just sits there Um, there's lots of things you can do you could also get soundproofing foam that goes up on the wall those are those foam panels if you want to go the cheap route which i've i've done here in my garage you can actually get the foam toppers for a mattress Basically, the exact same thing. It has the wavy foam that prevents that audio from bouncing around. And you can get a big, giant, you know, twin or full mattress topper for half the price of a of the individual foam pieces that are usually one by one squares. Mm-hmm. And just put that behind the camera or around where you're filming and try to prevent that audio from bouncing around. Um, so yeah. any other ideas for reducing audio or things like that? Yeah, I was just going to say to, to just second what you were saying. It's it's all, all about getting rid of flat surfaces. When you have windows and you have doors and you have flat walls, uh, that's when the audio leaves your voice. It goes and hits that wall, comes back, and it gets into your microphone. That creates the echo. And the more that the flat walls that you have, the more it bounces around. So that's, that soundproofing works because, A, it's a soft material. It's not a hard surface. It helps diffuse some of that. And in that crate, that wavy look, is spreading those waves all over the place. So it's not a direct forward and backwards. It hits and then it bounces into another direction. It spreads all that out and dampens the noise mm-hmm. so the uh egg crate thing i heard from you i thought that was an awesome idea i haven't bought any i have so much junk in my room right now <laughs> that i don't need a lot of soundproofing because there's just stuff everywhere yeah. uh but <laughs> another, when i redo another when quick, I redo the office i'm gonna do the egg crate thing i think that's genius yeah, yeah totally and another quick other sort of diy thing is if you get a backdrop stand Um, or really any kind of stand, but they sell backdrop stands, like the cheapest one you could get probably for like 20, 15, 20 bucks on Amazon. And then just take your comforter or a quilt or a blanket and throw it over that backdrop stand. And again, Mm -hmm. put that right behind the camera or right kind of around, however you can get it as close as possible to you without being in a shot or, you know, touching your microphone or whatever. Um, that's another thing that I've done in the past, and that 
I actually literally did that when I was doing like a professional edit for a commercial and we had the voiceover. I mean, it was professional in the sense that it was like an actual client at an actual company who was making this commercial and I was editing it. And, but it was still kind of DIY and the voiceover artist came over and we used this microphone actually and we set up that blanket and it made it sound a lot better. Um, so the other, the only other things I'll mention really quickly is if you're using a camera or any other tool, even on the computer, make sure you're manually adjusting your levels. Don't have it set to audio auto gain and my Siri is thinking I'm talking to her. Um, but when you're on auto gain or auto leveling, you're, the audio is going to bounce up and down. You're going to be loud, quiet. If you're not talking, that background noise is going to get really loud because it's trying to level all the audio that it's recording and uh, to monitor your audio. So t- make sure you do some tests. If you can, have someone else check it while you are recording. Um, you never know if a, I mean, this is why having like someone help you is awesome. I know it's not mm-hmm. reasonable for a lot of people, even me, there's usually not someone here helping me, but you never know when your microphone's going to run out of batteries. When mm-hmm. you hear, when you, when you're talking, you might not hear that helicopter, that plane going overhead, right. but someone else can pay attention to that kind of stuff. Right. And uh, just to wrap up, I've got two more tips, um, just things that I've noticed other people doing. Uh, and they, they come down to outside noise. There's just some things that you can't help. Um, you might be able to turn off your AC. I turn my fan off in the room when we start recording because I don't like hearing the whirling sound and I don't like seeing it in the video. Um, but there are some things outside noises that you just can't help. So inevitably you're going to sit down, you're going to have everything set up, your lights, your camera, your audio, your hit record, you're dressed up, you're looking nice. And then they start doing construction work next door (laughs) or something happens to everyone all the time. So don't stress it. But I would say, try to find out when the best times to record are. If you know that they're working next door construction from nine to five every day, well, then you need to maybe do something else during that time, like write curriculum or practice tests and record later at night or early in the morning. Mm -hmm. It's good to take note of those things. Even right now, I can hear a bird outside my window chirping. I don't know if you'll hear it in this recording, but this bird loves to live outside my window. (laughs) So during the day, anytime I want to record, the bird's chirping. Uh, Speaking of chirping, one thing that I've noticed a lot is uh, people don't put batteries in their fire alarms and they chirp in the background. That is so weird. (laughs) I've seen entire classes that are recorded like that. It does that beep and then like, you know, a minute later, beep, like just either put batteries in your in your alarm or just take it off the wall and go like put it in the bathroom until you're done recording. I don't it's understand. Not big, it's not a big deal, but again, people mostly pay more attention to audio than video and grainy pictures. If you're driving in your car listening to the course or you have your earbuds in and someone's trying to talk to you and th- that interruption of that beep keeps happening, it makes it harder to concentrate. You want to mm-hmm. try to get rid of those things. So anything you can control, I would say definitely take care of those things. But other days, you know, there's going to be a, a moving truck outside or a semi truck and, and there's nothing you can do about yeah, it. Yeah, and I will, I will apologize because I know there was one episode, I believe it was with Dina Eisenberg, and I apologize if it wasn't Dina, um, so I'm picking on you, but... I think her <laughs> alarm her alarm was going off and it was kind of in the middle of the episode and I started realizing that I was like 
man, I don't want to have to re-record this. And then <laughs> I did get a couple comments like, oh, you could have gone in and edited that audio out. And I was like, yes, I could have, but this is part of letting go of being a perfectionist, which was <laughs> an episode that we talked about earlier on. And so there's, t- I mean, if you're recording yourself all the time, make sure you fix any of those issues. It's yeah. crazy. I, I know we've broken the record for the longest episode of this season of the Online Course Masters show, which is great. I hope everyone's listening. But I will say one more thing about audio. It's crazy what you realize or what you'll notice when you start to think about it. I was filming our whole photography masterclass and we were doing it out here in the garage and outside in my backyard mostly. And I was noticing that there's a freeway that's not too far, probably about a mile, maybe less as the crow flies, probably less actually, um, away from me. And in the morning, I don't hear it. In the evening though, I hear it a lot. And I don't know if it's a com. I think it's a combination of not only more traffic, but then I was like, I don't know if that's the only reason because I feel like the traffic's the same um, in the morning and night, but there's more wind going this way. We get the Santa Ana winds blowing inland. And so that's blowing from the freeway to my towards my house in the afternoon. And that's when I hear that noise a lot. And even when it's... And I might be crazy, but I feel like even when it's a cloudier day, I feel like I hear the noise from the freeway a lot more. And I don't know if that has anything to do with the clouds and audio bouncing off more, or maybe I am completely nutty. But there's just some things that I've noticed um, since recording audio. And and so definitely pay attention to where you live. And, and yeah, maybe like you need Jeremy to get said, some eggshell bed toppers and take them out to the freeway and like yeah some gorilla uh, noise reduction uh, i do i do want to say finally though that for anyone starting out we talked a lot about a lot of technical things don't get too worried about it um we come from audio video backgrounds and this stuff can sound scary to a lot of people especially if they don't have a background in it uh don't let it get to you start off simple and grow from there don't go out you don't have to go out and buy the best mixer and uh you know thousand dollars worth of soundproofing and the wireless sennheiser kit that costs a couple thousand dollars just start out like i did start out nice and small get you a nice microphone um, practice with different things try different ways and angles and you'll learn from there i just don't want to you know scare anyone right away and i will say that uh, you know coming up as the uh, launch of the course for the online course masters actually comes out um, we're hoping to maybe add a little more. Maybe we can show you some of the best practices in video form in the Facebook group, you know, yeah. on, on YouTube. So so definitely subscribe to the Facebook group, you know, any YouTube channel of uh, Phil's uh, Video School Online or Online Course Masters. And we'll, we'll definitely keep adding these things in there to try to help you out along the way. Totally. All right, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And next week, we're going to be diving into video equipment. So talking about cameras, lighting, and all of that kind of good stuff. And uh, we'll see if we break the record for the longest episode. But I think this was one that uh, was uh, pretty good and hopefully helpful for people. So anyways, continue to subscribe, like us on Facebook and everything, and share share this uh, podcast with your friends or anyone that's interested, you think would be interested in teaching online classes. All right, Jeremy, until next time, talk to you later. See ya.